0: Joining us for further analysis from what's playing itself out in that market scene is a bring from the Schmidt family office. Jakobus, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Good
1: afternoon, always a pleasure to
0: be on. All right, uh, Jakobus, still on FedWatch. Um, it's, it's remarkable that we've been watching the Fed all year, but we still are on FedWatch. watch. So let's talk about how markets are making sense uh, of that today.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, markets pretty much, uh, not only Fed watch today, but I think just sort of central bank watch in general. Um, We have um, some uh, speeches by uh, Christine Lagarde from the ECB later on today. That will obviously be closely watched as well, but I think the main event pretty much still Fed Chair Jerome uh, Powell's speech. He did also make a speech yesterday, but he sort of tried to steer clear a little bit of uh, moving the market too much. However, I think today's um, today's speech will very much be -hmm. in focus by the market you know, we've obviously seen some massive moves in yields um, over the last month, really. But uh, also in the in the last week, um, initially saw a very very quick steepening of the yield curve. That is now sort of reversed, so we're moving back further into um, inversion territory. Um, and I think the market sort of started pricing in a lot of um, good news as far as yields are concerned um, over the last week. That obviously um, spilled spilled over to the, the the stock market as well. We saw some massive gains. I think a lot of it was on the back of short squeezes so there's a lot of technicals involved as well um, but I think the market might be starting to get a little bit of ahead of itself you know um, we're either seeing um, you know um, market participants starting to price in the possibility of a recession and the Fed having to need to cut rates very aggressively um, as we see um, um Uh, economic data slowing out of the U.S., but I think the other thing that's also weighing on investor sentiment is the fact that we have started to see a a little bit more, um, you know, weaker employment numbers, you know, and I think that that's going to be a remaining key focus as well. But at this stage, yeah, um, it it remains to be seen, you know, all eyes are definitely going to be on pale today, um, and we expect to see some some, um, possibly aggressive moves on the back of that speech. Also
0: keen to get your thoughts on what we're seeing here with a Chinese inflation, uh, that recovery just looking so uneven. One day we get uh, positive numbers, next day we get mixed, uh, and like today, for instance, we just get negative numbers. It really feels like uh, being on a Chinese ec- economic roller coaster, Jakobus. Let's talk about that, and I think possibly why our uh, resources are in the red today.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, you, you couldn't have summed it up better. It's, it's been a roller coaster ride as far as Sean is concerned. You know, everyone's very optimistic about the reopening at the beginning of the year. And, you know, we've just sort of received very, very mixed numbers um, during the course of the year. The latest one, obviously, as you mentioned, is that the deflationary pressure, uh, pressures that worsened um, in October. Um, you know, consumer prices obviously dipped back below zero. Um, that's on the back of, you know, producer costs that it's also sort of had a deepening decline. Um, and the expectation, basically is that, you know, we, we're going to have to see uh, more stimulus to shore up growth in the economy. Um, you know, stubbornly weak prices we've seen actually for most of the year. Um, and, you know, there's just going to be a, a, a lot more that needs to be done by the, 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 the Chinese um the CCP to actually get consumers to actually um, start, you know, upping their sentiment, and, and I think just sort of foreign sentiment in general. You know, people have been selling out of China at a rapid pace over the last number of months, um, and I think you know that's basically just being reflected in stock prices. You know, it's it's currently trading at extremely cheap valuations, but you know, until we start to see a real impetus, um, you know, to to change that sort of general sentiment globally around China, um, I think we. Might still be in for for a bit of a rough ride. So, yeah, you know, I think just in, to, to sum it up, you know, we, there's going to be more more to needs to be seen from Chinese policymakers, and you know, this weak demand that we're seeing, it's it's a big challenge for them.
0: We'll be watching that one very closely, Jacobus. Keen to some company news, maybe starting off with SAPI today. Uh, they've seen a quite a, a difficult reporting period. I think uh, the one that we're seeing now, but uh, it also can't be too much doom and gloom because uh, the shareholders seem to be okay. That shares up more than 7%.
1: Yeah, no, you know, I think s and its on the back of a persistently volatile and obviously a very challenging macroeconomic environment. Um, I think you know they—they they still delivered fairly okay results. Um, you know, there was obviously widespread disruption globally. You know, geopolitical instability, weak economic growth that we've seen, um, interest rates rising, China obviously underperforming. Um, but you know, I think despite that, and it's been sort of almost a sick downturn that we've seen um, over the last while um their south african business um, remained fairly fairly good um and you know they also the north American business also did well so you know I think it's sort of the market was expecting the worst and um it didn't really play out that way there seems to be some some bright spots um, on the horizon so yeah seeing seeing it reflected in the share price come today
0: also, can you get your thoughts on Turets? uh, you know, I was alarmed that 70% of their sales are on account. Uh, so in my mind, uh, of course, they have a system to work out their debts and it doesn't seem to be looking too bad. But 70% of credit sales is a lot.
1: Yeah, I think that sort of speaks almost back to the, the general sort of consumer sentiment we see in South Africa. You know, obviously, Krw um, has a lot of the idiosyncratic things that that they are struggling with, but I mean, that pretty much to me speaks to around the the pressure that we are finding the consumers under. You know, um, it's been a very weak economic environment. Uh, we've had interest rate hikes um, continued, um, and and clearly, you know, the the South African consumer is is under pressure, and it's it's being inflicted in, in results that we, we we've started to
0: see out of these retailers what's interesting is that uh, they are uh, cautiously optimistic and quite a few of the companies that we have spoken to are being up opt- to are slightly optimistic but uh mainly looking at interest rates and this optimism banking on interest rates falling uh, in 2024 and early so uh jacobus i'm keen to get your thoughts on this uh you know uh, is it uh, prudent to rest the optimism on the interest rate trajectory, just considering the RAND and oil? It's just so volatile uh, right now.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think that's sort of a global trend we're seeing. You know, global fixed income markets have started to price in, you know, fairly aggressive yield cuts, um, uh, rate cuts towards the end of last year in the U.S., you know, possibly even earlier than that in Europe. Um, but, yeah, it, it is on the back of that. You, you're completely right. And what we're seeing now in the Middle East has obviously held the oil price up. We saw the oil price rally quite strongly over the past number of weeks um, as as that sort of situation developed. But we've seen a rapid turnaround around the last few days. And I think to a large extent, you know, that's being priced as – Weakening consumer demand. You know, is sort of stabilized It would have seemed for now, but you know, if we do go into a more of a recessionary environment, then we could expect oil prices to come off um, quite rapidly. And then the other uh, crucial one is obviously the rand. You know, um, I think if we do see a hard landing sort of scenario, then the rands clearly. Might actually weaken it quite a bit from here. but you know the rand has been a sort of a perennial underperformer for the entire year. So um, you know if 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 it doesn't play out to be such a sort of heavy recessionary environment, you know we could possibly see some rand strength. But yeah, you know to to to, to put to put most of your your hopes sort of on inflation moderating, you know that is a is, is a very sort of slippery slope at this stage, you know because the tensions in the Middle East can go either way. Uh, and if that happens, you know, the oil price is going to start spiking again. But just from a sort of a consumer demand dynamic locally, you know, we are very much in a, in a very weak environment. Mm-hmm. So on the back of that, you know, we could possibly see some further moderation in inflation. But, yeah, a lot remains to be seen.
0: Certainly in an uncertain environment, uh, Jacob. But I'm keen to get your stock pick. But first, I'd like us to reflect on counters that have found favour with your industry peers. And my pick is First strand? Uh, you know, they entered the lending cycle much higher up in the lending and uh, in the interest rate cycle. So we think that they're going to be lending into, uh, into an uh, environment where rates are going to start moving down. And we think they're very well placed. So first round is my pick uh, for, for the banks at the moment. to must stop.
1: I'm going for AVI. They gave the chairman statement today, and it again reinforces why this is a good business. They can push prices. They've got a strong enough product range to actually get price increases through the system and it more than compensates for their cost increases and the share price has done nothing for three years now Mm. and you're buying this at a you know almost a seven percent dividend yield this is a very good company
0: and that's this is just good pricing I'm going for L'Oreal and the reason is that there's been a big turnaround in the demand for uh, luxury and for um, you know, certainly companies like L'Oreal as well. I know Estee Lauder's results were bad in that, but th- this is a good business, and they've been around a long time. Skincare products are superb. Beauty products, generally, uh, you know, very good. And uh, I, I think that if you're going to go into luxury, you're going to go into uh, certainly health, um, beauty products. You know, this this stands out. They're up about 24% this year um you know in their own currency in that but i've been taking another look at them all right Doug. i was keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters a first round avi as well as l'oreal
1: yeah three three very interesting picks um i must say I, I sort of agree with all three of them um but i think you know just especially looking at at, at avi and and first you your yeah, first round possibly to a lesser extent i think they are still Possibly, you know one of the strongest banks around um you know very well capitalized so definitely from a from a banking point of view first round is is, is a, a good pick for us but I, I think i'd like to comment sort of on the broader um investor apathy towards south african stocks i mean south african stocks are just extremely cheap you know um and i think it speaks to the the first round story you know obviously that we've see some better better results out of the um, of the banks recently but you know avi similar story you know good dividend paying companies, you know, they've got a good trajectory. Um, So I think both of them make sense to me. L'Oreal as you know, we've seen um, a cyclical sort of downturn in luxury um, products um, over the past year. That seems to have started to bottom. You know, uh, if we go into a recessionary environment, yes, then we could possibly see that um, accelerate to the downside, but but it seems that it's sort of bottomed that whole luxury sector. So I think, um, yeah, all three of those, very nice picks um possibly once again you can't really say first round because then you're hanging your hat on a lot of the the interest rate cuts possibly happening but yeah i think l'oreal to me is it is up a lot year to date but it's it's a it's a nice defensive play for me and i think you know with all of the uncertainty around people are not going to stop using skincare products so
0: that's certainly true and which stock are you going for today yakovas
1: Yeah, I I actually had this one um, a few months ago as well. Um, So we're once again going with Sun International. Um, You know, they reported uh, extremely robust um, interim results. You know, it was ahead of expectations, company grew earnings by 10 percent. You know, there was a lot of strong uh, of of the results were driven by by the online um, platform Sunbed. Um, We also had a very nice recovery in resorts and hotels, you know, Tourists are still flocking to South Africa. I mean, we obviously live down here in Cape Town, and it, it's the tourism industry is sort of back, back in very big demand, um, and yeah, once again picking Sun International because we saw quite a, a rapid pullback over the last number of weeks. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much where it was, I think, when I picked it the last time. So another opportunity to to pick it up on the cheap.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. And that was Jacobus Brink from the Schmidt Family Office with your markets update.